0: Welcome to the Legacy Investment Team podcast, episode two.
1: If anybody is interested in in investing in any way in real estate, they should reach out to us. We spend our week interacting with other investors around the world. So I think it's, it's really important to just reach out to us and let us have a conversation because we really want to help you.
0: Hey guys, welcome to episode two of the Legacy Investment Team podcast. Uh, Josh, James, excited you guys can join us today and we're going to talk through some questions, but before we do, what's been going on in your guys' lives?
1: Oh, just Tennessee weather, you know, this beautiful fall time of year. I love it. Windows open. It's nice and cool here in Texas. I think Josh said it got down to like 70 and they were having a cold spell, so
2: yeah, I had a, uh, I had to tell my wife, I was like, don't pull out all your sweaters and your, your big boots. I was like, it's going to get hot again. We don't, here in Texas, or at least in San Antonio, it doesn't seem like we really get cold weather until, you know, January, February time frame. So
0: it's, oh, that, it's always a facade. That cold snap at 70 degrees. I mean, you, know, you got to yeah. drag out the real cold weather <laughs> stuff for 70 degrees.
2: I got my Ugg boots on. I'm ready to go. My, I liked my it when
1: it was wife. getting down to 30s at night. I enjoyed that.
0: My wife now is just uh, every tree we drive by. It's, oh, look at that. That foliage is her statement all the time. <laughs> that beautiful foliage. Uh, but she's enjoying it driving around. And I have to say, in Tennessee, this fall has been pretty colorful as far yeah. as all the trees churning. So it's been a sight to behold. Yeah, yeah rub it in, been, rub it beautiful. in. Beautiful. <laughs> Dude, you all, you all have all in Texas.
2: No, they're are, all mesquite trees. <laughs> yeah. I, I describe them the, the way I describe them to people is they're overgrown bushes. They're they're essentially just like you know, five, six feet off the ground that are just overgrown shrubs, really. <laughs>
0: not
2: not much to look at.
0: Well, we'll send you a picture, but in other news, uh Josh just got out of the army, right? So tell us a little bit about that, Josh.
2: Yeah, I uh, you know I I actually did a whole uh, Facebook post, but I joined and I and I kind of alluded to this in my Facebook post. I joined really just out of an effort to delay making that decision of what I wanted to do with my life, and I thought I was hoping that the decision would kind of come along the way, and it never really did. But then I realized that I was you know I, I was kind of outgrowing the military and wanted to do something a little different and. So after about a little, by the time it's all said and done, it'll be a little over seven years of service. I uh, decided to hang up the the uniform and and try my try my hand at the civilian life.
0: Well, I know you hate me saying this, but thank you for your service, bro.
2: Yeah, I, pre- <laughs> I appreciate
1: that. Uh, Josh, that, Josh loves it when people say that.
2: <laughs> Just a very awkward. It's a very awkward. Uh, response or it's, it's awkward to respond to
0: that, you know? And so yeah. I just always
2: had a hard time with it.
0: So we've been getting uh, lots of questions from different people about multifamily. And today, Josh, James, and I are just going to tackle a few of those and give the best answers we can. Um So Josh, I think you're first up on the list and what exactly is multifamily real estate?
2: Yeah, of course. Yeah. So, you know, it's, uh it's interesting because most people, I think their, their understanding is, you know, single single family or, or residential homes that you buy, you know, just your kind of day-to-day uh, home, right? And so multifamily, I'm sure people have heard of it, but generally they're called apartment houses, right? Or apartment housing. And so, so that's essentially what multifamily is. So it's really anything that you have multiple tenants living in. So that can range from a duplex, triplex, uh, which is three units, and then a quadplex, which is four. And then you can even go further, which is pretty much anything above a f- uh, four units, all the way up to, I guess, two, 300 units, really. It just depends on how big the uh, the complex is. And so that in a nutshell is what I would
0: classify as multifamily real estate. Uh, we, I, we also talk about the fact that there are different classes of properties in multifamily real estate. So you've got like, your class A property, James, you may give more detail on class A as what, just a few years old or basically a brand new property?
1: Yep, yeah, it's typically new construction. And because of that, you can charge higher rents and there's more amenities that are um, available. And then a class B is 10 to 15 years old. Typically, it's well-maintained, but it's got some deferred maintenance, a Class C is maybe 30 years old. It shows some age, and and there's some deferred maintenance there as well. And then Class D properties are older. They're they're over over 30 years old. Uh, they're typically in high crime areas and need a lot of work. And what we typically are looking for are Class B and Class C properties, and usually 20 units and up is about where we're looking for.
0: Class B, class C, 20 units and up. And most of the reason for that is that's where we feel like we have the opportunity to bring value to uh, to those properties, to add some value to the tenants that live there and to uh, improve the property overall.
1: So one of the questions I get um, another question I guess we all get is, how is this different? How is multifamily real estate investing different from, say, like uh, flipping? You know, you, you hear a lot about that and single family rentals. What, what makes this different? Multifamily, um, some of the benefits to that are we hold those for a longer period of time. So we may be technically flipping an apartment complex but that can take you know, three to five years because you have to wait for tenants um, leases to expire before you can go in and make renovations to some of those units. So it's not a fast process. And during that time, during that hold period, um, you get to take advantage of appreciation and uh, apartment buildings, multifamily units appreciate just like your, house, your home does. And so, the longer you hold that, you're paying down your debt, and, and then the property is also increasing in value. So, th- that is a tremendous advantage. And then you get to have the cash flow while we own the property. You know, each month we're getting cash flow from that property. And then there's also diversified risk. And diversified risk is if we have a 100 unit property and 10 of the units are vacant. Well, we've we've got ninety percent occupancy. We've only got a ten percent vacancy rate. Whereas, if you have a single family property that you're renting out and you have it vacant, then you're a hundred percent unoccupied. So, that's one of the good things is diversifying the risk over the um, over your portfolio.
0: That's a big then, thing to think about too when we. When you think about where you're investing money in, if, of like single family rentals, them being um, homes that you're going to purchase, but if one tenant is out, then you are a hundred percent vacant. So yep. having a 20 or a 30 door unit, and as you said, just having two or three or four of those vacant, you're only 10% vacant. So that means your risk is diversified a, across a lot more people that are living in that property.
1: Exactly. And, you know, uh, there are multiple ways to invest in real estate. Um, some people, some investors want to actually buy a residential property and just hold it for a long period of time. And that's okay. You can make money that way. Your, your returns are just not as great. And then of course you, you have short-term, uh, short-term rentals, which is you can get better returns on those than you can, uh, a long-term single family hold. But, you know, it's just depending on what you want as an investor, um, whereas multifamily, you've got bigger returns, but it takes a little bit longer to get those. It's o- stretched over a few year period.
0: Yeah, there's no right or wrong in flipping or short term rentals or single family no. rentals. It's just a different option that you have in the real estate market to say, how can I? diversify even a real estate portfolio to where there are different options inside of real estate. And that's the one of the things that I love about at least our approach to multifamily and how investors really get to decide on which of those properties they want to invest in. So as we bring properties to investors, they they get to choose. They get to look at each of those properties and say, I really like that property. I really like that area I think this has great opportunity and they get to choose to invest in the properties that we're looking at on a one by one basis. It's not just invest in legacy investment team. We're going to bring you specific properties that have opportunities and you get a chance to look at those. And that's a lot of fun to like look through a performa and really decide what communities that you want to invest in. Now that we kind of started talking about investors, really how do investors make money in multifamily real estate? So if it's one of those options, how do they make returns on the money that they're investing in multifamily real estate?
2: Yeah, uh, so I, I kind of do a lot with the underwriting, and so I, I see these numbers pretty closely. Generally, when we're um, you know assessing a property whether it has potential or not, and so you know it's it's it gets kind of complicated, but really in a nutshell, you, you you have the property, you have all the money it brings in, you know monthly. And then you have all the expenses, right? And so whatever's left, the difference between that is what we call our net operating income. And we, we just use that money. And depending on how much money you're investing in the property really determines how much money you get paid out. And usually that's done on a quarterly basis. That That's the primary way that, that investors make money. But then there's also, and, and James kind of mentioned this earlier, the appreciation of the property, right? So naturally, as as we hold these properties and we're paying down the the loan on it but the the market's going to go up you know and and so ideally you know three to five years from now the property is going to be worth quite a bit more than when we what we paid for it and so as a part of that exit strategy is what we call it but as a part of selling the property the the excess money that's left at the end of the sale that doesn't go back to the the bank that's going to go to the investors as well and that's just that's another way that the investors make money and I think one other way is the tax benefits, right? So you you get to um, claim a little bit of that depreciation just like you would on your single family residence because you're an owner in this multifamily uh, building, you, you get some of the tax benefits with that as well. And so those are the three primary ways that I think our investors can make some money um, and, and really tap into the, the returns.
1: I think also another another point is the properties that we're looking for, oftentimes have not been managed properly. They don't have professional property management. So when we purchase a property, we partner with a property manager who will manage the property for us professionally. And so that's immediately gonna drive up revenue. It's gonna drive up you know, the value of the property. It's gonna um, make the tenants happy because they have somebody there managing, making sure everything's operating the way it's supposed to.
2: You know, when we're looking for these properties, part of our strategy going into them are looking at um, just kind of creative, outside of the box thinking on ways that we can add um, amenities to our, our for our tenants. So, like one example, and this was a property we were looking at, had a unused basement essentially on one of the buildings, and so we were looking at like maybe going in there and converting that into storage where the tenants could store their you know their belongings right there on the property. And that obviously, you know, comes as an amenity. So there's there's payment for those that service, but it also adds money to our operating income. And 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 so another way also that we've looked at doing this in the past is providing like on-site laundry services, you know, via just converting a space to a a laundry mat, so to speak. And And so there's, there's tons of different ways that you can, you can do this and it really just property specific, but those are some of the strategies that we look at when we're looking at these different properties. So.
0: Yeah. We've probably all driven by just places in our hometown that needed a little like TLC for lack of a better word, just somebody to fix them up a little bit and to attract a a different Type of clientele to that property, and it's amazing what it does for the community that's around one of those properties. How right. you can take something that was a little bit rundown, not in a good situation, and I love it when I go into these areas where they've started kind of improving and fixing up, and you can start to see just this shift and everything that's happening in that area. And it's exciting. Yeah. Uh, it's exciting for that community, but it's also exciting for the investors that are a part of that. Because they get to take the benefit as people say, oh, well, this area gets reimagined a little bit and people start um, moving in. Absolutely. Absolutely.
1: How does legacy investment team make money is another question that we get asked, which is is important to answer. There is what's called an acquisition fee, which is standard um, in multifamily investing. And that's typically a 2% Fee that is attached based on the, the purchase price of the property. There is also an asset management fee because, uh, which is usually one to 2% based on the, the, the property. Um, but what that is for is we are gonna manage the property for the duration of the time that we own it. So if we own that property for five, 10 years, we are managing the property managers on behalf of our investors. You know, there's an asset management fee, which is also a standard fee, and then we have we get a portion of the equity of the property, and that is all spelled out in um, to our investors of what our portion of the equity is going to be versus what goes to the uh, limited partners, and then we also have an opportunity to invest personally into the properties as well just like an investor does so those are the
2: ways that we get a return for our business there's a lot of work that goes into you know acquiring these properties so you know there's a lot of coordinating with lawyers and uh the bank and you know the broker obviously trying to schedule all these these different um deadlines that you have to meet in order to just do due diligence on the property and and you know Make sure that it's it's going to suit our returns and also uh, like for the investors, but also for the, the team, right? Make sure it's going to be a good property for us to take on. And so, there's a lot of work that goes into this, and so that's just part of how we cover the work that we put into it with these these fees, essentially.
0: Yeah, the flip side of that is what's the value that we're bringing to every investor that comes on to actually look for a property or work with us on a property? Is that we have done all the work that goes into finding the diamond in the rough, like everything that needs to happen to find that, that perfect property that has the right numbers and all the right situations. We've done all of that work. And then on top of that, we, our goal is to manage this property, like a world-class property. We want to, Make it the best property that any of our tenants have lived in. And so we're going to manage that asset as well as we can to make it a great place for them. Where we've got, I mean, my goal would be we've got a long list of tenants that want to live there because Mm -hmm. they're so excited about what we're doing in a property. And so that's kind of that asset management. And then the overall equity, because of that, like finding the right property and connecting that with the right management, the goal is that the equity just continues to grow.
2: I don't want to um, to keep going on this topic necessarily, but I think one thing you mentioned quite often, Josh, to investors, and I've heard you mention this before, is that, uh, and I'll let you kind of go into it a little more, but we uh, these fees are, are up front, right? So they're not tacked on at the end or after your, your distributions are paid out. And so I'll, I'll kind of let you explain that a little more because I think you do it great, but I just want to be clear on that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's a good thing to point out. It's not it, a lot of times when you hear fee, I hate going and renting. <laughs> if you go to an Airbnb and rent, <laughs> you see the the price that's on the per day rate. And then they add the cleaning fee on top of that. They add the rental fee or the tax fee. And then before you know it, the rates like double <laughs> what you thought mm-hmm. you were going to be investing in. And so these are not fees like that. These aren't fees that are on top of what you're paying or going to be some surprise at the end. Whenever you get your returns on investment, All of those things have already been incorporated in and you will see all of those numbers. We're upfront about them, but it's not taking anything away and not a loss or risk to you, meaning that that acquisition fee doesn't happen unless we purchase a property, unless we actually close on the property. And uh, the equity at the end doesn't happen unless we sell the property at the end and sell it at a rate that works for investors. And so, yeah, it's a great call out to just be clear that, it's a, it's built in a win-win way. We do not win unless investors win. And that's really important for them to know.
1: Absolutely. Um, I think another question, you know, or something that we might want to talk about, and, and this is probably you, Josh, is um, if people are interested in learning more about investing with us, what do they need to do?
0: Yeah, that's a good one we have a lot of people that as they're seeing posts or maybe listening to this podcast, they're like, that sounds interesting, but maybe I could never do it. Well, we want to talk to you. We want to have a conversation because we want to understand your investment goals, not just in real estate, but just investing in general. As James kind of pointed out earlier, as we find, or as we're talking to people, as we're having conversations, properties come up and we might find something that perfectly fits for what you need. And so let's just start out by having a conversation to connect with you and understand your investment goals. Real estate is just a piece of the overall investing strategy. And we have some things that we can plug you into. And if we're not the right option for you right now, we will tell you that we will be upfront about what works best for you. We want to have your best interest at heart. Um, And then once we have that initial conversation, if it moves on to the next phase and it does look like hey one it is the right fit for you and you want to invest in one of the properties then you just kind of let us know the next time we have a property that comes up you want to take a look at it and then we bring those properties to you and walk you through all the details and and share with you all the information that we have on the property and as we stated earlier you get to make a decision you get to decide yeah that's the property for me I'm excited about that one I want to build a relationship and I want to invest in that property. But for all of us, it's important that we're building those relationships long-term because it's not just about the property today. We're going to continue to look for properties. This is not like a one and done thing. So as you have things that come up in the future, we might have a property that doesn't fit today, but a property that'll be coming up Uh, maybe three, six months from now that will fit exactly for what you need. And so we can keep you plugged in as we move along. So we want to start those conversations early. You can just really reach out to us, have a no obligation, just quick conversation. And then that gives us the opportunity just to share with you more information about what we're doing.
1: I think there's so many people out there who, who may have some money invested in their 401k and that's all they know. And they're, all, they're getting a very minimal return on their 401k. And as we learn how to invest in real estate more effectively every day, um, it, I, it's so important for us to be able to, to, to reach out to the people around us and say, hey, let us show you how you can take and use that money to make, and you can maybe double it. And so they're going to get a greater return, but they don't know that that's an option for them.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And in fact, I think one of our podcasts coming up is going to be focused on that. Like you can actually use funds in your 401k or your IRA to invest in some of these things. So you might be looking at the limitations that are in your IRA. If you look at stock market numbers right now, they haven't been great for a while. For me personally, I know the money that I've invested in the stock market and do not hear us saying, don't invest in the stock market. I mean, it's a good investment there. You should have a diversified portfolio, but the money I've had invested in my personal property and the returns I've made there have far outweighed anything that I had in the stock market. And so it's it's an amazing option if you find the right property in the right place. And so hopefully we're doing all of that work so that our investors can take advantage of it. Absolutely. Go
1: Those ahead. are some of the questions that we've had come in that we wanted to talk about today. I think um, if there are other questions, I know there's tons of stuff out there that people want to know and we, we want to learn and teach you as well. So reach out to us with whatever questions you have. We're, we're more than happy to talk about it on another episode or include it in our newsletter. And Josh Campbell, let us know how what's the, what's the way that they can reach out to us.
0: Yeah, you can hit up the website at legacyinvestmentteam.com and we'll get the emails there. And we'd be happy to chat more about any of these questions or include them, as James said, in future episodes. So hopefully that answers some of the questions that we've gotten and clears up some of the confusion. But thanks, guys, for jumping on today. Appreciate it, James, Josh. Hope you enjoy that balmy 70 degrees in uh, in Texas, Josh. (laughs) Of course, of course. I'm going to sweat, sweat, and enjoy it. We'll send you some pictures of all the uh, the trees here in Tennessee, and then you can enjoy them. Thanks. <laughs> all right, you guys have a good one. See right, you guys. Thank you for joining us today for the Legacy Investment Team podcast. If there are subjects you'd like to hear us talk about in the future, please send us an email at podcast at legacyinvestmentteam dot com. And check out our website at LegacyInvestmentTeam.com. We hope you'll join us again in the future.